Welcome to episode 54 of the Black in Fashion podcast. Thanks everyone for tuning in today. We are currently on IG Live, um, but this episode actually will not air into next week. So if you tuned in, you're getting a special edition right now. Um, this episode I'm so excited about because we are joined by the entire e-board of the Black Girls Designer Club. So technically this is actually our first little outing. I hope you can see our shirts. Well, I should probably go in this camera. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so uh, we just want to talk a little bit about our background, ourselves, why we were interested in um, being a part of this. And I'm just going to go around the table and like introduce everyone. Um, we actually have two people that's phoned in that's not in the studio that we're also going to be introducing as well. But we're going to start to our far left. Um, before we start really quick, just want to acknowledge our sponsors, wear lapels, make sure you shop them, use code 80% WOW to get an extra discount. That's so, I'm an idiot. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, it's, it's, so, it's such an advertising. It's an advertising. Yeah. Shit, they paying for it, so they might as well. 20 marketing, come on now. Come on, right? <laughs> All right, so we're going to start to our far left. We have Simone. She is the owner and designer behind Chaos the Brand. Simone, please introduce yourself. Hey, guys. Um, I'm Simone. Yes, um, my brand is Chaos the Brand. I actually launched last year, end of 2019 around November, um, very exciting. Um, I told Anissa I wanted to be part of the organization because I feel like I didn't have that when I was growing up. I kind of just had to figure it out. And with me figuring it out, nobody looked like me. Like I grew up in Wisconsin, then finally moved to Chicago. And I'm like, I want to be that face for young girls. Cause in my mind, I seen like the big designers like Versace and you know, Tom Ford, like there was never like a small town girl, you know, a small town woman and a black woman. So I just want to be that for people. <laughs> we sipping in the studio, y'all, just so y'all know. So y'all here us taking a drink, just be okay with that. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Next we have Hadassah Dorsey. She is the owner designer of Hadassah. Hadassah, please introduce yourself. Um, hi, you guys. I'm Hadassah. Dang, let me escape my whole government. They're going to Google me. Oh, damn. Did I hear your government? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just hear someone all back. But I just feel like it's part of your name. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I have my own brand, Hadassah Dora. It's a compilation of my name. Um, basically, I work with Lindy. She coddled me and mentored me into the blossoming flower that I am. Um, uh, I wanted to participate a part of the Black Girls Designer Club because... Honestly, I'm just here to support anything black women fashion. I'm all here about black feminism and supporting women through success, particularly fashion, because there's not a space for us. I mean, I'm a student at FIT, and I already see the struggle of trying to build your way to the top when you're competing against completely other demographics and people. So White people. Yeah. Yeah, what she said. Yeah, I, I was saying it more professionally. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and that's why I wanted to create this space because there's a lot of us out here. There's a lot of designers out here, black women designers, black women in the behind the scenes. And that's why I just wanted to be a part of this board. And, Amazing. Yeah. To my right, I have Lisette. I ain't gonna say your last name. She's the owner of Limited by Visions. Lissette, introduce yourself. <laughs> so um, I'm Lissette, I'm the owner of Limited by Vision. So I started my brand doing custom orders, and um, I'm working on my first collection collectively. And I wanted to join the e-board because uh, there's not a lot of black designers, young designers that have any type of mentorship. It's always either you have to pay for like a class in a school where they, they just teach you the basics and everything. They don't prepare you for the real world. They don't prepare you to become an entrepreneur. So I want to be that person to help younger black kids um, become designers. So that's why I'm here. <laughs> Can I just add that Lissette is, it's, I feel like you're Dominican. Yes. So it's black and brown. Yeah. Black and brown. I just want to put that out there. Because somebody said something about that, like, you don't have no diversity on the black and fashion podcast. I was like, yeah, yes, we, we do. do. Yeah. yeah, we do. I got Dominican. The black diaspora <laughs> is large. It's bad. Right. Yes. I'm like, let's say it's Dominican. So it's black and brown. Yes. Just those two, though. <laughs> wow. 
I'm going. I'm going. All right. So my far as right, we have Shakira. Shakira is pink lady, right? You said it right this time. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. I was to make sure you was I did. Off, you was yeah, off camera just, but, just butchering it. You <laughs> yeah. Um, my name is Shakira Dunlap, and I am the designer and owner of Pink Lady, Pink Lady Inc. Um, I was inspired um, to create Pink Lady Inc. just from like colorful, just things that I've always loved. Like I always love seeing like Betsy Johnson, Betsy Bill. That was just like everything for me. Um, and I commend you and thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this organization, just giving back. I'm always about giving back. So when you mentioned this, I just thought it was a great initiative. Want to give back, want to spread the information because fashion and design is information, it's a skill, right? It's something that everybody does really need, even if you don't have a passion for it. I think it's just a basic that people should know, um, just at least how to sew, put some buttons on something. So. I wanted to be a part of this initiative, so thank you for having us. Of course. Now we're going to our two call-in um, eboard members. We're going to start with Shaquana Shante. She is the owner of Phoenix Elite. Shaquana, please introduce yourself. Hi, guys. Um, I'm Shaquana Shante. Like Lanisha said, I'm the owner of Phoenix Elite. I started sewing when I was 13. I'm, I'm a little different from the rest of the girls. I actually did have mentorship. Um, I have family members who are actresses, so I had them to look up to. And then I also went to high school fashion industry, so I kind of started learning a little earlier than college. Um, I started Phoenix Elite in 2012. I started out only doing customs, and I'm now focusing on an actual line. Um, and I wanted to be a part of the e-board because it's so many young women and men that don't have the support that we can offer. So I really wanted to be a part of this. Amazing. Ashley Richards. Oh, I just gave out yeah. your government. Ashley Rich. Ash Rich is next. Ashley, can you introduce yourself? <laughs> Hi, I'm Ashley Richards, and my company's name is Ash Rich. Um, I'm New York born and raised. I started sewing in high school and making custom pieces for my friends and, you know, other clients. Um, I now want to branch off into my own line, and I'll be relaunching soon. I met Lenise at an old company, and I've always loved her work ethics and what she stands for. I wanted to join this group because I love the move, the movement. I want to be a part of this and help the younger generation with, like, helping them with guidance and support. Okay. Can I just say, everybody that's on the live, you're not going to be able to hear the people that's on the phone because they're, like, actually in our headphones, so you'll have to tune into the live next week to actually hear all of their commentary. You'll only be able to hear the people that are currently in the studio. So, our bad. Um, may I also just point out, everybody that is on this phone in this live was on our Don't Rush video, and I hope y'all was out there sharing that video. <laughs> everybody that's in yeah. here, we did the Designers No Rush Challenge. Everybody that's on the e-board was in that video. So if you don't recognize our faces, that was us in our cute and ugly moments. Well, not ugly moments. Y'all know what I mean. Our transformation. <laughs> our transformation. Our transformation moments. Okay. So let's just get into just like uh, some of the ideas and things that we want to do across the e-board. Um, for me, myself, um, I have worked a lot with another non-for-profit called the Black Girls Design, the Black Girls Sew Green Camp. It's owned by Hakima Hemp. It's right over here in Brooklyn. Um, I've taught there a lot, and that is, I would say, what inspired me to want to do um, a non-for-profit because they really only have, like, summer camps, and then they have something, like, in the winter time. But then what I found was that, you know, speaking with Miss Hakima, is that the girls lose interest or, you know, they're not motivated at home. So I wanted something to do that we could cater to working with women, like, year-round and not just, like, during the season. Um, I actually am a mentor for one of the young ladies that I met there at the Black Girls Soul Great Camp. Um, I teach there in the summers as well. And I wanted us all as a part of the e-board to be able to go to at least one day out of the, you know, the week or every month or just one person to be a representation um, and teach these kids different things as well as maybe partner with one or two young girls. Um, partner with one or two young girls. To actually um, do mentorship and you know work with them outside of um, just the camp. So, take the floor, Hadassah. Hadassah has a couple ideas and what she's looking to put forth um, into the eboard organization, and we're just going to discuss a little bit about some of the initiatives and events that we want to move forward with. Hi. Um, so here, I thought that you know, due to social distancing, a great way for people to stay 
in communication and to, you know, still participate in events and volunteer is to create like a virtual sip and sew. Uh, we're here, everyone is sipping and enjoying ourselves while we're discussing with you guys, but um, everyone's at home being creative. This is an opportunity to get creative. This is an opportunity to market yourself. This is this is an opportunity right now to learn that skill or hobby that you didn't get. And a lot of people want to learn how to sew. A lot of people want to learn how to draw. A lot of people want to learn how to design. So we thought this would be, um, well, I thought, you know, in terms of, you know, building that sewing community and building up that black girl designer uh, club is really just to have this um, event. Um, well, we haven't discussed the date yet, but from the proposal, what I've come up with is we'll be teaching two basic easy to sew projects um, where everyone will be able to come together onto a social platform, uh, uh, a virtual platform, either Zoom or Google Meet. We haven't decided yet, and we'll be posting this event soon. Um, it's going to be 90s themed, so you know. Get ready to throw your 90s joints in the background, play your Monica's, your Brandy's, you know, or maybe you might be watching TV while you sew, which, you know, so maybe you watching um, the classic living single, yes. Martin or something, and, you know, sip and so, so that's just one of the ideas we have. Amazing. Um, if anybody else just, like, want to, like, go ahead and share their ideas, uh, what they have in mind, and then we'll go into more, like, discussion-based topics about what we feel are probably some of the biggest struggles as black women, um, what we struggle with as we were growing up, and we'll kind of move in that. But I just want to, if anybody else has, like, any ideas they just want to throw out there that they had came up with, please do so. I, uh, um, I think it would be cool to actually just be the voice for young people as far as, like, letting them know, like, it's never too early to start a business or to start working towards, mm -hmm. you know, your future. Um, you know, like, I really started college, you know. I, yeah, I had a really good childhood, but all the things that I wanted to do, I could have did when I was 13. I could have right. did when I was 12. Um, just teaching them, like, that business sale and how to, like, sell themselves to the point where we can, like, put ideals in their head. Because some of them, I think, it's, it's only making a collection or it's only custom designs like as far as garments goes where they can sell custom pillows or right. whatever the case may be you know it's basically just trying to teach them how like to hustle yeah, yeah down clothes like. like you never know yeah. where, where you're going to end up right. you know it's not just about clothes mm -hmm. so i definitely want to just be that voice for them they help them come up with ideals coming up yeah. with that niche like figuring out what works for, for you in fashion because yeah. a lot of the times when we get into like even myself a lot of times when i got into fashion when i first started i solely wanted to do fashion design but i realized it's bigger than just design there's product development there's marketing there's merchandise there's all these levels and aspects and all these people behind the scene who take a part right. into yeah. creating what the, your audience wants. Right. And um, when people find that, like, oh, wait, I don't want to sew, but I know how to style. Like, I'm that person who know how to style. Or somebody like, I know how to really sell off designs. Like, I really know how to talk about it and persuade other people or to get that. Or they're, like, good at math and maybe they can do better with patterns and, like, yeah. Yeah. shapes and yeah. stuff like that. Like, it's other things that might be their passion that doesn't have, like, every fashion designer doesn't have to look the same way or have the same mindset. Right. They can all go about it with their own path. Yeah. 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 So, like, the vision I have for this group is, like, to be completely transparent with these, these kids because... When I was younger, I did go to the high school of fashion industry, but they did not prepare me and my classmates for getting a job after college or after even high school. They, you know, I was taught to drape, do pattern making, and sew. Then when I got to the real world, I had to do tech packs, and like I had to learn that on the job, so I had to settle for a lower salary and, mm -hmm. and that stuff. Like I wanna be like very transparent with the fashion industry with these kids, like tell them the good, the bad, all the types of careers you can have. If you're not like an entrepreneur, you, you can do good at pattern making and, and production and stuff like that and still make a career for it. Mm -hmm. Like just be completely transparent with these kids. And also um, to your point, like when, I feel like when this is all settled, this whole pandemic is settled, there's a lot of kids that need an escape from home. A lot of kids like mm -hmm. myself, I couldn't study at home. I couldn't do my homework That's at true. home because of like what I went through at home. So me going to school, I always made it to class and everything because that was my escape. Space. So like have like a safe haven for these kids to get their mind off of whatever is going mm -hmm. on at home because we can't control what's going on at home, but we can control what goes on outside of their home. Right. 
Right, I agree. Mm -hmm. yeah. Shaquana, um, do you have anything to add? Ashley, do you have anything to add? Uh, not right now. Okay. <laughs> Shaquana? <laughs> no, I don't have anything to add right now either. Gotcha, gotcha. So I want you guys to kind of discuss, and we can go around the table and um, discuss how we can make a difference in the children's lives that maybe their parents don't see art and crafts and designing and being creative as an actual um, profession. Um, I know that in some cultures, it's not looked at like that. They want you to be a doctor. They want you to be a nurse. They want you to be a lawyer. So how are we going to work with these children? Or how do you feel like some things that we can add or, you know, be able to work with kids that, you know, we're pushing them and we're motivating them to do one thing. And then they're in the household, you know, with parents that don't see the same things. Um, I guess I can talk for that. I come from an Afro-Caribbean household. So anybody coming from that diaspora, they understand, like, you know, talking about the arts is not a place to be. They're like, why you don't want to be an engineer or a doctor? I know growing up to prove to my mother that fashion was for me was stepping into opportunities like competitions and showcases. Um, growing up, uh, like, I, you know, again, I was also an alumni for um, High School of Fashion Industries, and one thing I can appreciate is they made sure to collaborate with companies to sponsor students in certain clubs and also provide competition. So maybe what we can do is give scholarships, grants, or host competitions and get people to fund these competitions and help people, um, help students understand that they have an opportunity when they see that they're winning this. I can go for more. For example, myself, I was able to win um, the Kleinfeld Bridal Competition back in high school. So it was a challenge for students to come up with a bridal dress design. And when you won the, the competition, you was granted money. Um, now, you know, like everybody, you know, wants to get money. But in this way, parents can see, oh, there is a financial aspect. Uh, there is opportunity for growth, career growth. Because, you know, that's the thing. A lot of these parents, they view the arts as an opportunity. It's, it's, it's not stable money or it's not, it's not true financial prosperity. For people and I, I don't think that's true Be, and you know you have to prove that to them when they see that their children are in these opportunities these spaces where they can grow they're like oh maybe this is a thing you know like when I won that kind of, I could tell my mother started to view fashion in a different aspect like oh there is places for fashion there is places to gain income and make money and be stable and and when I put my when I when I won that competition, it was an open opportunity for other doors to be open to me and get go into school, pay for school, as well as start my own brand, make my own income, and work for other companies. And when students can see that and then participate in those things, their parents will see it as well. I guess that that makes sense. Um, I also, anybody, uh, yeah, I also think with what Simone was saying earlier, just about like um, every fashion designer doesn't have to look the same. Like, so I want them to see that it's practical, right? We, we don't all have to be, you know, Gianni Versace, and we don't all have to be, you know, Tom Ford. You can make basic T-shirts. You can make things that's practical, that's useful. Um, I think once parents or parents understand that, that everybody needs clothes and everybody needs some type of design, something, um, and that is in everyday life that um, it becomes more obtainable to them and it becomes more, uh, not like a rap career or something like that, you know. Um, it's not so far-fetched when it's practical and you can show that you need it in your everyday use. So I think that would be um, a very good key to push for the parents that may be like, okay, like fashion, they're wasting their time. All right. Um, I want to kind of hit on, I'm going to go to our two call-ins, Shaquana and Ashley. Can you guys discuss just like some of your struggles? I find that um, it's easier for people to uh, relate when they, you know, they feel like they come from a common background. Like even if you was ever discouraged in your designs um, or, you know, you had to take a step back and just kind of like um, discuss the struggles that you've had and, you know, how you've overcome them. Or if you're still in them, you know, and like you, you know, you're constantly every day fighting to just continue to push and how you can inspire the next person. Well, this is Ashley. Um, I will say that my biggest struggle is the, the custom aspect of it, like trying to please a client that saw something in a photo and, you know, it's my job to bring it to life. And sometimes they don't have the correct body for that actual dress that they're looking at and it's like I'm supposed to just magically 
make it work. And I'm trying to explain to them, like, miss, like, this isn't, you know, this it's not going to look like this on you. And then it's like, I'm just like you guys. They enforce like no this is what I want and then when you make it and they're not satisfied then it automatically becomes my fault and it's like a constant back and forth and it's like it's my it's my job to satisfy the client but you're over here telling them this isn't gonna work and they don't trust you so like that's part of the reason why I wanted to get out of customs because it was like it was always a constant battle of like people pleasing and you know like just getting people to understand like it, it's just it's not as easy but I'm still I'm still struggling with finding my finding my niche and like you know what exactly I want to like share to the world and like what I want to like be known for but you know I'm just taking it day by day and not putting so much pressure on myself and you know like just just seeing what just like I don't know just day by day like Shaquana. Yeah, so um I agree with Ashley with the custom thing, but um for me my biggest struggle when it comes to this industry has always been okay. myself. And I say that because I had I used to find myself like trying to figure out why people that started around the same time as me was prospering more or doing more things or people who I I would see they work and feel like this is mediocre but they were getting like all of these clients. Or, like That was my biggest struggle. I had to stop comparing myself to others and I had to realize like, girl, just do what you can do because what you can do is what's for you and stop worrying about what everybody else is doing or who they got wearing their stuff or who they know because sometimes I, had, I learned that in this industry, it's a lot of popularity. Popularity, yeah. people will get known just because of a popularity. They don't even have to be doing the greatest work. Um, so for a long time, that was one of my biggest struggles. Was just not. I, I, I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say I didn't have the confidence in myself, but I was comparing myself to other people way too much. Gotcha. But I finally I, broke out of that, guys. <laughs> gotcha. I get. I definitely feel like that. Um, I mean, I feel like I know and have a personal collection to every woman in this room, and I know we've all had those times where we just trying to like you know figure it the fuck out. To be completely honest, just like. What am mm-hmm. I doing wrong? Because as a designer, you're constantly looking at other designers and you're constantly seeing what they're doing and how they're doing. But everything that glitters does not go. You know, everybody that mm-hmm. I see out there and I'm looking and seeing all this popularity, a lot of times they ain't even got no damn money. I'm just going to be honest with y'all. Sleeping, uh, <laughs> house, you ain't even got no money. Like so it's, just, so it's just like, you know, everything, right, like I said, it doesn't glitter, it doesn't go. Like, you really, really do, like, never know that somebody else's struggle. Like, like you, like Simone just said, like you could, they could be sleeping on somebody's couch. They might not have no money. So really, really get out of that mind space of like trying to compare yourself to others. And I think that's like the biggest piece of advice that I can give like in this industry is like you in your own lane, you're on your own time. If you figure out that you want to be a designer and you 40, that's fine. If you start off when you five or six and you want to be a designer and you get discouraged and then now you coming back to it in your 20s like, yo, when I was a kid, I was doing this, but I got discouraged. Like, it's okay. You didn't waste no time. I, I hate hearing that from people. that They feel like they wasted so much time. You didn't waste your time. You know, you took a break. It's okay to step back and understand that, you know what, maybe it just wasn't right for me in that moment. And then, you know, it ultimately changes. Yeah, I agree. It's like um, we're all finding ourselves in this journey, uh, especially fashion is is under the umbrella of art, you know, and as artists, we're evolving. That's what art is about. We're evolving people and you don't have to be the same person you was five years ago. You know, like going back to what Ashley said, she said, I'm still finding my niche and that's okay. Like I'm in that same space. You're always changing. Your taste is always changing. But in terms of building a brand your customer is changing that's that's another mm-hmm. thing too so when you have a company your customer is changing you're going to say Chanel from the 60s is the same Chanel for 2020 the customer that is changing it's evolving and that's what art is about that's what's fashion about trends change you know um so it's understanding that it's a it's a journey like you know going back to Nipsey Hustle it's a marathon it's not a race. You know what I'm saying? And you have to just keep continuing that and appreciate where you are now and realize where you are before. Because you're, I think you get so caught up in like, oh my God, where am I supposed to be? When really you should look back and say, oh, but here's where I came from. 
So. And it's just like, don't let social media fool you. Like, social media is like really, really good for business. Like, great for business, but it's still a part, you know? And social media can go away any day. Just like, you know, back then we had MySpace and we had all this other. Tagged. Y'all see on Instagram or social media fool you, you know, people post what they want to post. So nice. yeah, like fall in love with your journey, you know, cause eventually if you're consistent, it's going to work. Absolutely. You know, as long as you believe in your art, you're consistent, like it's going to work. So does anybody else want to just kind of like throw out like just some of the struggles that they personally like went through and if they had to take a break and like what was like the fuel and like series of events that, you know, was like, you know what, fuck this. I'm going to do my, my thing. In terms of just like. Like like something you went through maybe personally, like relatable wise that you went through and you just like, I needed to take a break. I need to take a step back. And I need to like figure things out. Like what was that experience or that time frame for you? And like how did it make you feel like what happened in your life that you just like. I can't right now. Like I just can't. But I but I'm going to and like you overcame from it. Um, I, I could talk about my own personal experience. I wouldn't say it was like a pitfall, but it's definitely just I just wanna talk about my experience. Maybe someone's going out there like it's not easy being a designer, especially a small business designer. You're working also I I personally used to be working and until this day working different hustles. Like last summer, if someone told me that I would go through it without going through, I would be like, yeah, nah, that's a dub. I don't want to do that. <laughs> like I was literally, I was still a student, a full-time student at FIT working two jobs and an internship. I was, and like, not like serious jobs. I mean, I was a Domino's delivery girl. I was literally driving my car to people's houses and giving them pizza. You know what I'm saying? To make income in my pocket to back up my business. Because at the end of the day, a business is a small investment. So no one is telling you, you know, I'm not no rich white kid where I can ask my mommy and daddy for 6, 10K, 15K. You have, I had to go in my pocket and take care of myself. I'm already paying for school because my parents ain't paying for school. Your parents is like, um, so you want to go to a fashion school? Yeah, good luck with that. So that was, <laughs> you're paying out of pocket for that. And then on top of that, not only, you know, you're working in retail. That's another, like, you know, it's it's so hard because you have all these pe these little jobs, you know. And, and I don't want to call them little because I think these businesses are now essential businesses. But, you know, like, society makes it deemed, like, you know, working as a retail worker or these low-income jobs is nothing. And I and. In a way, it's kind of not because they belittle you, you know. People belittle you. The pay isn't great. And they work you so hard. Yeah, you oh working so hard. And then on top yeah. of that, you got to go home and discipline yourself to, con you know, to Construct push your, yeah, yeah, to discipline yourself to push your business. Because now you're tired. I'm tired from school. I'm tired from work. And I'm like, all right, but I still want to grow my business. So now I got to go home and create designs, uh, create a way to put money to try to go into pattern grading or try to try to save money to go into product development to actually go into manufacturing because that's really hard mm -hmm. that was so hard and i was not in a financially stable place last summer i'm just like damn i got bills to pay and i still want to invest in my business right. so it's like when you're in that mindset like you really want to give up and i remember i started giving up i'm talking about like damn i'm trying to catch up with bills you're trying to catch up with credit card bills you try to catch up with loans you're trying to catch up with this and then you're still trying to grow a business so it's like and then social media and it, like the worst part of it all is when people are like oh how's your business doing da -da -da. i see you on social media like i'm gonna buy something from you one day when right simone can you speak to um to motherhood, you know, and having that transformation in your life where, you know, you're becoming a mom and, you know, that being like your first priority um, and how you are able to push yourself beyond that. Just, you know, being in motherhood, you know, having to maintain a household, um, you know, getting married, all that stuff. Yeah, um, I, I know we actually talked about it before on the podcast. Um, like it was a it was a huge change for me, but 
it's one of those things that I know it sounds cliche, but it really lit, you know, that fire, mm -hmm. like um, put that fire under my ass to make me work harder because now I'm not just doing it for me anymore. And I had to tell myself that, you know, one day my son is going to be 18. You know, he's going to have his own family. And then you're going to wish you continue doing what you started out doing before you had a kid, you know. So, I mean... I'm a mom. Um, I mean, I'm a mom 24 hours, but I have a studio. Um, that's like my nine to five. I go into work, and then after five o'clock, I'm with my son, and I just make it happen. And like I said, it's go he's gonna benefit from it, like eventually. So it's one of those things that, yeah, you're a mother first, but just never forget why you started. You know, like even with the hustling, the jobs and stuff, like I was a bartender for four years. I did not touch fashion to the point I came back to Lanise like I forgot everything. She's like, no, you didn't. It's like riding a bike, you know. <laughs> she was like, I'm about to show you this and you ain't going to need me again. And like she was just showing me like, you know, how to make a pattern all over again. And everything just started coming back to me. And it's just like the hustle and bustle of me wanting to be in New York. And you forget like. Okay, the whole your whole lifestyle is about to change now. Right. You know, like now the world world is happening. You got bills. It's expensive to be here. Everything mm -hmm. costs. Like fashion was like secondary, third, fourth. Like I did not touch a sewing machine for four years, and it wasn't really until my son came that it was like okay, go back to what you love. You know, and like he's gonna respect you for it. So yeah, like it's hard, but it's doable. People do it all the time. And you make time for what's important. Huh? You yeah. make time for what's important. Yeah, right. you make time Absolutely. for what's important. Like my thing is, um, you can either nap, you can sleep, or you can work. And it's like, oh, my baby went to sleep. I'm gonna work. Yeah. Like this is my time. So it's what's important, you know, to you. And being in New York makes it like ten times harder than any other state. Like, yeah. I feel yeah. like if you can make it in New York, you really can make it anywhere. anywhere. Because mm -hmm. like even having like in, in my case, I had I always worked in the industry, so. Like, I stopped working retail a long time ago. Even with working in the industry and having the salary I had, I never had time. So I I had the money, but I didn't have time to create a line or anything. It was like, I, like I lasted in the fashion industry for like three years. The longest time I spent in a job in the fashion industry was for three years because either they they lost businesses with, with other brands and stuff. Like, it was never something consistent. So... Every time I lost a job, I picked up my pace with Limited by Vision. But then when I got back into the industry and I had to work because I need to pay bills, it's like I'm pushed back 10 steps. And now that this pandemic is going on and the, there is no fashion industry, like corporate industry anymore. So now I'm having like more time and I'm, I'm going to finish what I started regardless. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's just about like limiting like your excuses, right? Because you could use motherhood as an excuse for you. You don't have the time. Your baby's crying. You know, you got a husband, this and the third. Or you could use having multiple jobs as excuses. Or you could just use it as fuel. So just figure out what you want to do for it. I know with mine, I always was like, oh, I don't have enough money, right? Yeah. It's always like that. Like, yeah. oh, I wish I had like, you know, some seed money to start it. Mm -hmm. If I only had this, you know. But I had to stop saying that to myself and just say like, just do it. Like, you can put aside like a couple of dollars here and there, and then before you know it, it's what you need. So just limiting your excuses, just knocking them out, I think that's very important to drive home just um, because we don't all have the same struggles, but we all have a struggle, right? Yeah. Everybody has their own right. type of struggles that they go through. And um, we have to overcome them, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and people, like, hold on, wait, let's, don't forget about Shaquan and Ashley. Y'all got something to add. <laughs> <laughs> just leaving them. Um, everyone touched on what I was going to touch on, touch on, especially Lissette. Like, me and Lissette, we work but a couple of blocks away from each other, and we will take lunch with each other and just vent about that. Like, the, the industry is like, the corporate fashion industry is a revolving door, and it's like companies are always laying off people. So I'm one of those people that I got laid off maybe like four times, mm -hmm. and like every time I get laid off, I know some people would take it as, fuel to start their collection but me it it instantly puts me in a depression because it's like damn like i was just about to like get stuff rolling i lost my job i can't put aside that money to 
to put towards Ashridge. I got to put aside that money to pay school loans and my phone bill and, mm-hmm. you know, just to, to survive. And it's just like, damn, I don't got money for the Long Island Railroad to go to the garment district to get that. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> real. Like, no, that's it's real. like, you know, it's like every time I think that, you know, I'm, I'm ahead, you know, something pushes me back. But like, like my team member said, like, you, you can't, you just got to ignore the excuses and just, mm-hmm. you know, just get it done. Like, you're right. But it's just, things be happening like it you just gotta just stay strong and like my other team members said like just remember why you started you know so that's where i'm at this might be very very bad advice but fuck them student loans i'm sorry and it might be the worst advice ever but i'm just and i say that all fuck them student loans we gonna put somebody in office eventually that's gonna knock that shit right off and all the student loans right now like i'm just i'm so proud of it because i've been working on this for like a couple of years now and i'm like 780 you guys and i listen to what they say like you can build your credit and you still have student loans you know like yeah one day i'm praying that somebody get into office (laughs) and they cancel all that shit but I was 22 and I went back and I got my master's but then that's even more money I'm over like a hundred something thousand dollars in debt they they can kick rocks fall out here like every time they hit me up I be like deferred I ain't got no money deferred I ain't got no money they can't prove you got the money actually once you pay it off it actually impacts your credit in a negative way because one of my friends just finished paying off one of her loans and she was like yo my credit score went low I just finished paying I said girl I don't know why you trying to knock it out it's such a real quick like yeah, calm down <laughs> just that is funny they when i'm making seven anyway. figures like here you know right. like real fast i'll write y'all a check right <laughs> right that's when you will see it for me and yeah. i'll probably give back to the that's crazy because i would give back to columbia as an alumni before yeah. i paid my student loans yeah. like no lie yeah. like yeah. i would give back and i would put money into for me places they need it. like i don't i put money into this organization i'm yeah. gonna put money into this because to me this is where my money go y'all be all right yeah, that's how I feel about it. No, Shaquana, you got something to add? I'm, I agree with fuck those food alone because I'm not paying mine either. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Like, period. Period. Yeah. No, but I'm not paying Come on, y'all better go on with that. still going up. My credit score is still continuing to rise. Yes. I pay everything else that's on my credit. I pay my yes. credit cards on time. My credit is still continuing to rise, and I do not touch those student loans. Like, First of all, my school... I went to a college that completely closed and lost their accreditation. So why the fuck do I need to pay y'all anything? Like, I just feel like, Did you go to AI? Yes, I went to AI. Me too. Yes, to I went to AI. And that's another thing. I think she went to AI. No, bitch. But I went to AI. And that's another thing, Ashley. That was Ashley that said you went, you said you went to AI? Yeah. Another mm-hmm. thing, Ashley, um, if you went to AI New York, there's a way to get your loans um, completely canceled. It's called a school closure, but I'll, I'll text you about that. Yeah, um, we'll talk about that. Another time. Like, we'll get that. Since <laughs> <laughs> we on the subject. Oh. That's actually something I'm working on now is actually getting my loans dismissed. But um, aside from, like, the student loan thing, I did have a point in my my life where I actually stopped sewing completely for four years. Um, from wow. 2008 to 2012, I didn't touch a sewing machine. Wow. I felt defeated. I thought I really and truly thought that I was done with fashion. Um, and it was because it was the first time I had to drop out of college. Wow. Um, it was, college was expensive as hell. AI is a private college, so mm-hmm. I was right. not getting financial aid. And my mother was paying out of, oh, my God, she was spending so much money. And I felt like I was watching her struggle. So I dropped out without even telling her. Wow. And um, that was hard for me for four years. Like, I would not even look at my sewing machine. Like, it literally just sat there and collected dust because I really felt like I was just done with it. I just started working jobs at 18. Like, I'm going to just work. I'm going to just work. But then when I turned 24, um, no, I went back to college at 25. But in 2012, I was just like, you know what? This is where my heart is. I'm going to figure it out. And I started sewing again. And then I was able to go back and actually finish college. I went back at 25. So, Wow. Um, Since we, like, on the subject of education. Oh, 
Sorry, feeling defeated <laughs> is probably something that we all went through. Mm, and yeah. people that's listening, if you're like starting the industry, you are gonna go through it. You just gotta know how to get past it. Like mm. everyone said, mm. you really have to know how to get past it. Mm. So, so since we on the subject of like education, do everybody in this room like feel free to comment? Like, how do y'all feel about what y'all got? Like, you know, like do you feel like you know the school you know that you went to actually gave you the proper tools that you needed, no. or do you find like no. they taught me some bullshit? <laughs> they gave me a social I, life. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I go to school for fashion. Yeah. I feel yeah. yeah. I yes. feel like okay, I, I feel like my school, school college or. Period. Period. Like, well, I mean, school, high school, fashion industries. Well, that's. I'm thinking more so college, like okay, something college, you have to pay for. College, college education. Yeah. Um, I'll talk because I'm still in school right now. Everybody else seemed done. And you have I, a big one. She's at FIT. Yeah, I'm a yeah. student at FIT. <laughs> where do I start? I want to hear yeah, this. Well, I do. I do want you to share your experiences as a as a black student yeah, because yeah. I know you. You know, you kind of talked to me about some of the things that you were going through. You know, currently, and you know, having you having to go to like the dean of students and talk to them about how you're being treated by your professors. So, <laughs> do definitely speak to that, like yo, about how <laughs> they've been treating you. I feel fifty fifty. One, let's offer it. I'm, I want to talk about how I got into the school. I applied to the fashion design program twice and did not get in. Fashion design, the fashion design program at FIT is super competitive. And honestly, when you go into school, the fashion design program is full of Asian people. Straight up. Straight up Asians everywhere. I was barely see, you barely see white Americans, you barely see black Americans, and you barely see Latin. It is Asians running that shit. And I'm talking about Asians in China and Asians in India, because you know they both are part of the same stuff. <laughs> okay, that's that's one. So I didn't get in the first time, so I said, "Dang, why am I getting in? Like, I know I have skills, um, and I know that a lot of the, another thing too. What people don't tell you about college institutions, they have to hit a certain bracket or percentage of demographic. So I'm like, "Why am I getting in? I know there's not a lot of black folk applying, so I know I need you. I know y'all need a percentage of black women in there." Affirmative action. <laughs> right. So what's up? So then I was like, okay, cool. So I started searching into other programs, and um, I actually met Lanice around the time when I was applying um, to FIT. But I just, you know, I knew about her on a social aspect. Like we, we we didn't get super close yet. But then I learned about product management, product development, and um, I applied to the product management program, and I got in. And I I feel like I only really, the reason why I got in is because the other programs in FIT are smaller, so they're just trying to fill up people in those spaces. That's that's my say on that. So if you're trying to join another program in FIT, you're going to get in because they want people, they want to showcase to the outside world, yeah, our other programs are just as amazing as our fashion design. But <laughs> um, so yeah, that's... Product development is where the money is, just so y'all know. Like, yeah. y'all get into product management and get a job in that field and learn all those technical mm-hmm. aspects, you're going to make way more money right. than a designer. Because designers, they be trying to hit them, yeah. like, coming through the door with $35,000. Mm-hmm. You can yeah, wipe fashion, my ass with yeah. that in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. $35,000 after I just spent all this education. That's money nothing. and stuff to be a designer and the job That's is so nothing. limited and so competitive you sitting at a desk clicking shit on cad like it's when they dumb. taught you how to and they eliminate when they taught you how to dream yeah. <laughs> don't make no sense no real, no real stuff bro i mean and that's- so do y'all suggest that like i don't want to deter people no, away right. from college right. um but to me the business side of things like take business yeah classes, take business know, take classes. classes take I, math I, uh, classes Okay. I went to um, Florida A&M University. I went to HBCU. I uh, graduated (laughs) with a bachelor's in business administration, focus in uh, marketing. I wanted to go to a HBCU just because I Mm -hmm. wanted the feel. Like I've, my my family is very pro-black, so I I grew up, you know, watching all the '90s um, shows and talking about a different world and all that. I wanted that experience. (laughs) Um, and I knew that, I, well, I felt that uh, the fashion aspect could wait, right? So I was like, I wanted to do the business part. And I feel like, you know, everybody, you know, gets to things in their different ways. But I think the business part is um, very, important. Uh, very important. And I feel like my um, university, FAMU, hey, they <laughs> prepared me for the real world. They taught me about professionalism and everything. So I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And... I say I definitely got my money's worth when I went to Florida right, and HBCU. Which I okay, listen, I feel like there's <laughs> a difference between rappers. like going to school and just seeking education. Right, like, there's yeah. a difference there. Like you need 
you definitely need to learn your craft. And right. You definitely need to have like some type of educational aspect to it, but it don't have to necessarily be like a four-year institution. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to go to school for four years, but you do need to seek mentorship and learning crafts and yes. just learning the basis of how to get things done. A lot of stuff that I know is not school talk. Like, right. yeah, I guess Absolutely. I definitely went to school Absolutely. and I definitely learned the foundations in school, but in all honesty, my my expertise and what I've learned comes from trial and error. Mm-hmm. I never said no to a project. Like, That's I'm right. just like, yeah. I'm going to do it because I'm going to learn it. If I fuck it up, I'm going to have to get this person their money back, but <laughs> I don't want to fuck it up. Learn. You know, so I don't want to mess it up. So it, it, it pushed me harder to learn that technical aspect. And then, of course, working in the industry, I am the queen of embellishing the shit out your resume. I will lie and lie and lie <laughs> and add some shit and make some shit sound real good yeah. so I get the job change done, the words, okay? The I will switch up the verbiage on your ass so quick. They be thinking I got all this little expertise because in my mind, they going to show me how to run their systems. Right. They going to yeah. train me how to do yeah. things yeah. in their way. Yeah. So yeah. all these jobs out there that's constantly like, you got to have this amount of experience. You got to have this. Whatever they got in that description, I motherfucking copy and paste that shit and put it in my resume. <laughs> so that way you, you think I got it because you going to show me it because you going to show me how to do it, but I'm putting in my resume just so you can see it. And then during the interview, everything you got in this job description, I'm saying that shit. Like, yeah, I'm a very expert when it comes mm-hmm. to approving lab dips and strike offs. Everything that's in the description, <laughs> nah. I'm, I'm studying that shit before and, uh, the interview. And, I mean, and I'm you, saying that shit. That's too. got me every job yes. I've ever had. And a lot of the time, these jobs, they put in these fancy descriptions. And really, when you get to the job, you're doing basic stuff. Oh, go, yeah. get, go get some swatches yeah. from the, the yeah. library book. Like, what? <laughs> like, I thought you said I needed to learn how to do this. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, like, I just want to say, like, I'm not trying to bash FIT. I think FIT. FIT is a good school to go to, but you have to take, I I just think, I don't want to, here's what I'm saying. When you go into a fashion school or any school, you have to take initiative on yourself. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, especially as a black individual, they're not coming to, they're not trying to help you. Yeah. They don't. They feel like they did enough. Oh, we accepted you into our institution. Yeah, you're, you're, now you have to yeah, you're paying what, I'm your not, money. I'm they not doing no more for you. you. So like, you have to really go out of your way because you know, like your reason why your experience is different. Your school is catered to black individuals. They yeah. come in to help. Yes. your demographic when you go to these institutions it's still a lot of catty stuff that yeah goes I mean of course but, but yes, when you go into other institutions their yeah. job is oh we filled up our 17% for the black demographic Absolutely. that's good enough Mm-hmm. That's that's good enough for us. So you really have to go out your way. Like for FIT, like I said, I have to apply three times to just get into the school. Then once I'm in the school, I really have to reach out to certain offices. I got to go back and forth to the Korean internship. I created my own internship. Fact. I literally created my <laughs> own internship because these other companies... When they see you come into the interview, they say, oh, a black girl with natural hair. How oh did you read your internship, though? Speak on that. Okay, so my internship, I knew Lanise already from Black Girls um, Designer, right? And I said, okay, I know Lanise has her own company. I know she's running in product development and management. I said, let me hit her up. I said, um, I need an internship to graduate. <laughs> Would you be willing to take me as a mentor uh, and we could fulfill hours? I can help you with your business. I know you running this. I know you propelling your business off. And I know you want people in your space like like this. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about the brown skin people if you can't see. <laughs> um, so, and she was like, yeah, let's do it. Literally, she turned it. And I think, you know, it helped It, it was very beneficial to me because she brought it to me. Like, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't fuck with FIT. All right. And it's oh, it's several reasons why I don't mess with them because it's been too many people that either didn't get in for stupid ass reasons. Like they want you to learn how to draw beforehand. No, they're supposed to teach you that. Sure, right. Like everybody don't have the ability to go to a fashion high school. Every right. place don't have I think New York is the only place I had it. Ain't no fashion high schools in Chicago. Yeah. Is it fashion high schools in Milwaukee? Mm-hmm. Ain't no damn fashion high school. So how do you expect people coming out of high school to know how to already sew and have a whole portfolio? Yeah. That does not make sense to right. me. So that's because reason number one did. that I don't the fuck Chinese with them. People that exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're Asian kids. Right. Never like, got that no. So that shit is that's the first thing. Second thing Thing. I got like I said I got a bachelor's and a master's I have applied for so many positions there just as an adjunct faculty member and they ain't even look my way so F them on that which is why I started my own and started teaching on my own third thing is I just don't like them like, I just don't <laughs> like that school but I never it never dawned on me to like oh I should look for interns there I would look for interns on Craigslist blah 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 but when Hadassah came to me and she's like oh I need an FIT I'm like eh, okay and I feel like for me the process itself was hard yeah, the process they wanted to was, they had oh, me horrible. all this information they wanted all this shit horrible. on my business they wanted so much information down to the point where they even came to Brooklyn to my studio oh, really? they came yeah. to, no, see, that's to, right. to see like, if my well, shit was legit and I'm well, just like seems yeah. discouraging, it, just, I, right? it wasn't even discouraged it was just like yeah motherfuckers going in my business business right, like yeah. and she we were very honest you know we didn't lie and i could have lied 
Yeah. We didn't. We say it was a home based business because it is like yeah. my studio. And that and my she's home. not the only company. There's so multiple home companies doing that. Exactly. Like she whole whole white lady came to my crib and like. Yeah. So what exactly did we do here? Like we ain't already filled out all the information yeah. now. Like I ain't already submitted. Hadassah's halfway through her internship at this point, and they're coming to my house now to make sure that I guess I was legit. No, yeah. she's yeah. like, she's like, oh, this is. This is actually really nice. This is actually really nice. You wasn't believing her. You wasn't a believer before. Like, excuse me. Oh, so you? Oh, like she was so freaking shocked. She's like, oh my god. Like, sis, everything that we wrote down is what it is, and that's what she's working on. It's like I guess she was looking to find something wrong. She couldn't find nothing. And I was at. And you know what's funny? You know, like when you go to FIT and any college, you have your internship class. I was actually learning my craft. Other people were working for bigger companies like Tommy Hilfiger, you know, um, uh, Alice and Olivia and all that. They're like, bro, I sit in the office and don't do nothing. Mm-hmm. I asked them, can I do something? And they'd be like, oh, I don't have nothing for you. Right. Literally, students was like, I wasn't learning nothing in my major, in my craft, because these companies, yeah. and they're not paying you. And you still they're have not to write helping. a report about right, what right. you did all day. Yeah, they're not, they're not giving you no type of, you know, cr- like, um, you know, when incentive. you go into in- incentive, right, you know, like, at least... She uh, was for transportation and food. Alpha transportation and food. <laughs> they wasn't getting nothing. Not getting paid, no metro cars, nothing. You had to make sure you was there for your hours to sit and do nothing. I said, I'm so happy that I got my experience from someone who looks like me and wants me to excel. So like I said, when you go in, into these institutions, you have to create your own experience. You have to create your own seat at the table, period. That's it. I think that's great that you touched on that, somebody that looks like you. I mean, when the information is coming from somebody that looks like you, you feel like they have, like, the same kind of struggles. They walk through the right. same path as you. So I, that's something I can relate to. When I went to HBCU, my professors looked like me, so, it, you know, it made, made it easier to accept the information that they were giving to me and making me feel like they were putting me, pointing me in the right direction. Um, so... With that being said, it is also very important to learn from people that don't look like us, mm. right? Yeah. And be able to communicate in spaces where, you know, we are going to be the minority in the situation, stuff like that. Um, so, I, I, so I feel like kind of slighted because um, you want to be in a space where you're coddled and you, you feel, you know, embraced. But that's not every time. You're not going to feel like Okay, we're back now. You know? Yeah. Oh, I think they hung up. No, we're here. Okay. We're here now. <laughs> yeah, but you're not going to feel like that all the time. So we have to get like comfortable being uncomfortable as well in those spaces. And you might have to work a little harder, and that's okay. Like, yeah. You have to actually just believe in your talent, you know, so... That's pretty much it, y'all. That's <laughs> that's college in fashion. Uh, that's I, I don't even think this is fashion. Just being any type of art, it's really hard to go to... Um, institutions for art or anything in like an artistic field um, because it's like you know we're changing what's considered hobbies or you know pastimes After into a end. career yeah, um, and those spaces are hard to kind of manage into professionalism because people just deem it as especially they just deem it as some a, a space to not be serious it's it's really hard being a student in fashion and you talking to other students in like STEM areas, you know, in yeah. mathematics, law, whatever, they're like, oh, your, your major is easy. Yeah, like, I said, hold up, wait, what? Yeah. You know how hard it is for a senior thesis for a fashion design student? I said, you know what students are going through right now in remote learning <laughs> for a fashion student? There are students with no access to, that's another thing which I think is so important for this club. There are students with no access to materials without going to school. Yeah, I have a, a a friend of mine who's a senior right now in the fashion. He can't. He has no access to an industrial sewing machine. Yeah. He has no access. He's like without the school, he has nothing. So he's sitting at home doing nothing, you know. So this time, this I think this board is so necessary because if you don't have the funds or the means or the access to the things we need for fashion, you like we're creating that yeah. for you know for students, and I think that's so important. So it is very important. And it's, it's a skill. I mean, I feel like I just keep going back to fashion design is really a skill. It's just like an electrician. It's just like, you know, carpentry. You, we are building things. We are manufacturing things. We're putting things together with our hands, you know. And um, 
it's a craft that you need. You're always going to need seamstress and tailors and people to alter things, you know. And it's a dying craft that we need to fuel more energy back into. It ain't into. dying it's no more due to COVID-19. <laughs> They're like, oh, we need all the tailors <laughs> and go. seamstresses to create scrubs <laughs> and masks yeah. for our essential workers. Yep. We need you. We're willing to pay. Oh, now y'all want to pay. After they close a bunch of manufacturing factories right. in North Carolina and everything. When I saw so. Governor Cuomo, I said, oh, now we're important. Now we're essential. <laughs> now you see us. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. Shaquana, Ashley, do you guys have anything to add? No, you guys touched everything. All right. Well, I had like I, <laughs> I did have something like with my school experience, um, being a fashion design major, it was like I had already taught myself so much. So it was kinda hard because everything I had taught myself, they wanted you basically to relearn their way. Yeah. But for me, as a fashion design major, I didn't learn shit about the business aspect of the fashion industry. And I think that was where my struggle came in because I didn't know the business. Yeah, I could make a dress, I can drape, I can sketch, I can, um, I can kind of make a pattern. I'm not that great at it, but I didn't know the business. They didn't teach us that in my school. I don't know if anyone else had that experience. Well, I want to add. I want to add one thing. Um, me and Shaquana went to the same college. The Art Institute did not really touch on business. She's right. But where I struggle at to this day is pricing. Like, I don't know how to price my stuff. And that's also because, like, they didn't teach us that in school. Like, they, they didn't probably, teach us that. Know, yeah. Yeah, we probably had, like, one sheet, like, a course sheet and, like, one class about it. And, like, I wish, like, I learned that more because I felt like that will help me with what I'm dealing with right now, coming out with a new collection. Like, I really don't know how to price it. However, I did go to Lanise's tour and she has a great tour. Everybody should, you know, tune into that. And she's teaching me how to do (laughs) And she's teaching me. She has a great booklet that will help you. So thank you for that. I want to add when it comes to like that tour like I do give out a lot of information but you really do have to like utilize that information and go out there and like get it on your own Simone did mm-hmm. that like she you know, you know I took her to she came on the tour and she went to like a whole bunch of different manufacturers but she ended up circling back around and like finding your own right yeah like mm-hmm. somebody out it's just one of those things like the fashion district seems big but it's so small so in that building that you might go to that have one manufacturer I literally sat on the elevator and clicked all the buttons and it was, oh, it was wow. open, you know, I'm looking okay. around, and that's how I found my manufacturer. Wow. And, like, I love them. You say you know? building it when we took you um, Yeah, it was one that you took me to. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just have to really just hustle. And another thing, this might be kind of off topic, but people think, like, when you're in the fashion industry, like, or you want to become a designer, like, oh, I, okay, I have to do this 10-piece collection. Right. I have to do, and it's like, you need money, but you don't need that much money. It's like find your thing and sell the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's right. gonna be what like able to fund that ten piece collection that you wanna do. You know, yeah. like do those custom designs or um maybe you're good at making pants. Like make some fire ass pants and only sell pants, you know? And mm-hmm. like don't think and that's what I thought. I'm like, okay, I gotta I need an eight to ten piece collection, but it's like, girl, you don't. Because yeah. guess what? You make eight to ten pieces, and that one piece hit, and that's where all my money came from, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Don't let the money deter you from <laughs> pursuing Facts. fashion. Absolutely. So I'm hoping that, like, not hoping, I am. We will. Yes. Like, the, exactly. this organization, um, you know, by all me being joined by all these great women, that, you know, we'll be able to take, you know, everything that we've learned, everything that we've experienced and, you know, put it out there to young women, you know, and not just, you know, you know, little girls, but even like girls, like I would say start just starting out. So girls that are 23, 22. So I'm not limiting. We're not limiting the age bracket for it, it is for young women, but some young women start later in life. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily start on time. So this is for 
for women. Like it's for women. It's a I call it the Black Girls Designer Club, but it's a club. It's for women. So we don't have like age restrictions on stuff. Like we do want to help people. You might be the same age as us, but have like different struggles. You know. Yeah. So this is for this is for everyone. You know, scholarships and funding and stuff like that can go to someone that's eighteen, but it also could go to someone that is twenty three or twenty four. You know. So we are gonna make this an organization that you know we're 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 helping our peers. We're helping women that are in you know our same age bracket that are younger than us. Hell, if they older than us, you know, whatever, you know. Yeah. So it, it, it's for everybody, you know, and I just want to make sure I stress that, like, that we're doing this for everyone that just has a dream, you know, and that has an interest and just want to learn and want to be a part of, like, a sisterhood, to be completely honest. Like, this is a sisterhood. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's <laughs> it. All right. So I hope you guys really, really enjoyed this episode. Everybody throw out y'all social media handles so they can follow you and more details to come. Um, we got a laundry list of shit we need to do. We need to create an email. We need an Instagram account. You know, we need a lot of stuff. So uh, we going to start hands on deck. We going to start with our events and we're going to do a lot. This is just literally the beginning. Like this is just the beginning for us. And yeah, throw out y'all social media handles. Uh, at Pink Lady Inc. At Limited by Vision. Oh, um, uh, to my personal is <laughs> at official. <laughs> official Hadassah, that's my personal. You know, I host my own. You know, I'm a brand myself. Hey. And then uh, my brand, my actual brand, my clothing brand is at Hadassah Door. So that's had as a door. Hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm at Chaos the Brand. And personal is Lady Simone A. All right. Shaquana Ashley. Mine is at Shaquana.Shalte. That's my personal. And my brand is at Phoenix underscore E. And I'm at AshRich.NYC. Y'all know, y'all, y'all know I got a lot of them. So just uh, Lenise Collier and just click the link in the bio. They all right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I got a whole bunch of them. We about to add the Black Girls Designer Club in there too. So like, just yeah, follow them all, y'all. Um, thank you, ladies, so much for joining me. Thanks I appreciate you us. all. I'm so glad you guys are gonna be on this journey with me, and we gon' we gonna fuck some shit up. Yes. You know, like <laughs> yes, yes. Right. That's amazing. So as I always say, I feel like we should stay together. I always say, stay black, peace out. So one, two, three. Stay black, peace out. Bye, ladies on the phone. We love you guys. Sorry you couldn't be here. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.